I know that every time I've gone through really hard times like that, what I wish I had done was just put things on hold for a little bit, get my backpack and go travel. Because when I get away and I have time to think, that's when I can get things back together. This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself with other high-level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand, October 26, 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventure. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to contact us ASAP at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. Welcome back to another episode on our podcast. And today's topic is about handling business and life when disaster strikes. Our guest today is Jason Long. Jason has founded nine businesses over the past 20 years. Six of those are still running today. Jason has lost more money than most make. His company went from having 30 members on staff to eight in just a few short months. He survived a horrible car wreck that put him in a coma for three weeks and took months of recovery, but still managed to keep his business afloat and to keep things working during all of these low periods. The biggest takeaway from Jason's interview is to keep going. No matter what life brings you, keep going. And without further ado, let's welcome Jason to the show. Welcome, Jason, to the podcast. How are you today? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, my friend. And it's been about nine months since you and I crossed paths back in Bangkok for the DCBK conference. And you've been up to a lot of incredible things from what I hear. So I'm really excited about this podcast because you were willing to open up and talk about some of the challenges that you have in your business that not all entrepreneurs are open to discuss because I think people are afraid of, well, making mistakes and and those big failures. So um, thanks for joining us, my friend, and I'm excited to learn more about about your journey. So we're going to give you the mic, Jason, and kind of let you roll with it for a couple of minutes and just tell us your backstory of how you became the entrepreneur that you are today. First off, thanks so much. Again, really appreciate um, being here. Um, gosh, how did I get started? It, being an entrepreneur is something that kind of runs in my family. My, my mom is an entrepreneur. She's been, she's been in everything from warehousing to medical coding to laundromats to, oh my gosh, uh, all sorts of things. She's probably run 20 or 30 businesses over the years. Um, and then before her, my grandfather, he was, um, he was a, a pretty influential entrepreneur in the 60s and 70s. Uh, he ran hotels and was one of the um, one of the people responsible for getting um, Holiday Inn uh, spread out across uh, across the eastern U.S. Oh wow! So he was, you know, obviously a huge influence on her and a huge influence on me. And um, so I knew I knew from an early age that's kind of what I wanted to do. I just had no idea what I would end up doing at the time and how I would get there. Um, But I quickly found out um, that I didn't want to work doing other things, uh, work a regular job. I I used to work at Kroger, which is a a, a grocery store in uh, in the southeastern U.S. 
Um, I worked as a bag boy. It was my first job when I was like 15, 16. I think it was 15. And uh, it was terrible. It was horrible. It was the worst job I've ever had. And I remember seeing these guys that would come in the front door every about two weeks and they would take all the money out of the gumball machines. And I would watch them and I'd be like, God, those guys are just coming and getting money. And I'm sitting here working my butt off. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? So I, I wasn't very creative. So, so what I did is I, I saved up my money and I bought some gumball machines. I just <laughs> straight up copied what they were doing. And, uh, and I started putting gumball machines out at, uh, at different businesses, you know, and just did a little split with them where I gave them 10% to let me have my gumball machines out there. And after, I don't know, maybe six or eight months, I was living off of my gumball machines. Wow. Um, and that was when I was, I think I was 16 then. Uh, but it was a lot easier than working as a, as a bag boy at Kroger. A lot, lot easier. Uh, and then, uh, when, you know, as, a, as a lot of 16-year-olds do, I loved playing paintball. So, um, but I couldn't afford to because even with my gumball machines, I wasn't, I wasn't raking it in right, by any means. So I, uh, I, I got a distributorship with a company that let me resell paintball equipment. And I started selling it to my friends. And then that supported my, my paintball habit and my extra spending money. And eventually, before, um, before I went on to college, I actually opened up a paintball store. Um, my, once again, this comes back to family. My mom uh, owned a warehouse, one of the self-storage warehouses, um, and had an empty office space. And so I, I was able to work out a very sweet deal with her um, where I had a little extra space in the corner of her office and I opened up a little paintball store and that's how I really got got started as an entrepreneur. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I want to ask, did you go to did you end up going to college and pursuing a degree or did you jump into entrepreneurship right out of high school? Uh, I went to college. Uh, I went to college but I never finished college. Okay. Uh, I got <laughs> I, I like to say college college was the best six years of my life. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but I never actually finished. I, I have two classes left to finish school, and I, I just never um, never finished them. I started JH Media Group when I was in school, and um, it was growing really fast. It was doing really well. Uh, and I went to talk to one of the, um, the career counselors there mm-hmm. at the school because I was, I was kind of failing at both. I was, I was definitely failing at school. I was, I was working... 50, 60 hours a week and trying to take classes. And that's just not, not really possible. Right. And then I was failing at, at work because I was so stressed out about, about school. And I, I just, I couldn't do both. And so I went to go see a career counselor at the school. And she said, well, your story is just like this other kid that I saw a couple of years ago. Um, I don't remember the guy's name anymore, but she told me at the time, and, and I told him the same thing. He, I told she told she said she told this guy, he's just go quit and follow his passion, and you know if he wants to come back to school later, then to do it, which is not something you really regularly hear <laughs> in the southeast, or from um, a career counselor too. <laughs> exactly, but that guy now owns um, uh, a, a chain of restaurants called Locos. Uh, which is, I, I don't know how many uh, locations they have now, but they're spread out all across the Southeast. 
I think she told him right, and I think she told me right as well. Uh, school was a great place for me to network. It was a great place for me to party. It was a great place for me to to do all the things that enabled me to be the person I am now, but the degree was not really that important. Yeah. So for the listeners, Jason is a an absolute serial entrepreneur and he's had many businesses can you list the amount the businesses that you've have started whether you consider them successful or failures or either way since the gumball machine days so um the gumball machines never actually had an actual incorporation but we'll just call it like gumballs yeah (laughs) uh and then the terra paintball so that was on terra boulevard so hence terra terra paintball then Jage Media Group, which is still running today, and that was started in 2002. It was incorporated in 2002, but I really got started with it in 2000. Um, then we have Map Dynamics, which does, oh, by the way, the paintball company is obvious what it does, Gumball is obvious. Jage Media Group is web strategy design and development, primarily for healthcare these days in the US. Uh, we do, we build, um, Diagnostic, we build practice management systems for independent diagnostic facilities around the southeast. Uh, Map Dynamics does web-based mapping systems for trade shows. Uh, so if you ever go to a trade show and you see a kiosk with a floor plan, there's a good chance that that's our software. Not the hardware, just the software. Brainleaf is a scoping tool for designers and developers. It helps us figure out how much time things should take and uh, how much to cost, how much cost, uh, how much things should cost and also uh, enables teams to get approvals from their, uh, from their clients. Longshot Farms is a, um, or was a blueberry farm. It was a 60-acre blueberry farm that I owned, uh, owned and lived at, but have since sold. Uh, CodeWrite is a outsource team. We're a development team. We, we build a lot of healthcare software as well because we do a lot of work for JH Media Group, but we're also agency support for uh, digital agencies in Southeast US, across the US. Um, and then we also support a few Fortune 500 businesses uh, as well. Uh, and then the Guide for Seniors is, uh, it's a uh, blog that I help run. Uh, that's actually run, uh, <laughs> it's run by my mom. Uh, she, she worked for me for several years. She still works for me. She does my billing and she does uh, She's an account manager as well, and she wanted to do something herself, so she and I started that business. Uh, I also own real estate. Uh, I have a couple holdings companies that uh, hold and manage real estate. Wow. I think that's <laughs> so that's nine, and how old are you? I am 37, soon to be 38. Okay, so that's amazing. And how many are still, of those nine, I didn't count, it, there's at least four or five that are still running, right? Or maybe six. Yeah. Uh, GH Media Group, Map Dynamics, Brainleaf, CodeWrite, Guide for Seniors, uh, and my, my, um, real estate. So that's six. Wow. So that's, it's, a... by the way, that's one of my biggest mistakes, um, is I stretch myself too thin constantly. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we were talking, uh, earlier on, we said we were going to talk about the failures I've had. And that is, absolutely one of them do you think you could ever with your personality you think you could ever just have one business i don't know 
Uh, maybe not just one, but mm-hmm. maybe um, because I, I think about like the real estate. Like I, I don't really spend that much time managing real estate. These are houses that I own that I rent out. I have other, you know, I hire a company that manages them for me. So, you know, it's that by itself, I, I wouldn't give that up for a second. Um, but it's not something I'm actively working on. If it was something that I was actively working on, yeah, I, I, I think it would actually be a really smart idea if I could to take it down to one business. And okay. just, I, I feel like I could just make one business explode quickly, whereas uh, I've kind of messed up by, by, being, by having too many responsibilities in too many places and, and being kind of stuck and not being able to pull myself out of those things mm-hmm. um, and then not being able to grow them as effectively as I should. That makes sense. Now, you've got to be really good at, at delegating, right? Because you're managing so many businesses. I imagine you have different team members running different parts of the business or maybe one team per business. Or how do you, how do you divide that all up? And then maybe we can talk about like some things that you do that helps you delegate. Uh, so yeah, so one thing that I've found uh, that, I, that I feel like I am good at is hiring people that are smarter than me, that are better at their jobs than I am, uh, which, isn't, <laughs> which isn't hard sometimes because I don't feel like I'm that great at, at a lot, most of these things. Um, but yeah, like hiring people that, um, that, that's kind of the trick is like hire somebody that knows what they're doing, that's really good at it, that is enthusiastic about what they're doing, that wants to do this thing, um, and and will just take the reins and run. Uh, one thing I say about my organization is that if if I have to tell you what to do, uh, outside of just saying you know your, your basic training coming into the organization, if I have to tell you what to do, you're probably not going to last more than a week, maybe two. <laughs> Like really, like it's 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 like that. Like if you if you come to me and you ask me stupid questions about like how to do your job in the business, I've hired the wrong person. It's a and, good way to look at it. Yeah, and, and we we very much take that uh, that approach of uh, hire slow and fire fast. If somebody's not the right fit, we we'll usually let them go within a week or two. Yeah, it, it's just not. Um, it, it's not good for them. It's not good for you. It's not good for the rest of your team. And as a CEO, you have to do what's best for the business. You have to do what's best for everyone there. And a lot of times that means cutting people loose quickly. And, and that, that, by the way, I, I learned that lesson by not doing that and just crushing some of my earlier earlier businesses because I had the wrong people doing the wrong things and it caused me tremendous stress and and years of hardship so what, uh, by just not firing people when I should have. What are some things that you look for to make sure that you have the right person on a team? Enthusiasm about doing what they're doing. Um, general knowledge about business, so good business acumen. Um, experience goes a long way. Uh, you know, it's it's rare that we'll hire somebody for a higher level position who doesn't have experience doing it. Um, let's see, someone that has a good culture fit. That, that's actually a really big one. That um, we're a very relaxed team. 
but people will, you know, people will break out that drive when it's when it's needed. And, and you know, it, it is needed. You you have to. Uh, it's not often that we say, hey, you know, this this time we gotta we gotta buckle down and make this thing happen. It's gotta happen by the end of this week. And uh, we need someone that uh, that will say, okay, cool, no problem. We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. And if you gotta work all the time to make that happen until the end of this week, awesome. Uh, most of the time, we like to have a really good work-life balance, but um, those kinds of culture fits are really important. They're really, really important. Uh, let's see what else. Um, oh yeah, uh, one of the things that I try really hard to do is find people that where I can align their personal goals with the goals of the business. So, you know, if finding ways, uh, somebody, I don't remember who it was that told me this, it was one of the greatest pieces of, of advice in running a business that I've gotten, was if you can find a way to figure out what drives an individual, just not individuals, but that particular person at your business, and figure out how you can align their, their wants, their personal goals with the business's goals, they will work so hard for that business. Yeah, and that's absolutely absolutely key. So, like, if you've got somebody that that is a, a new mom, she wants to to go home and spend time with her child. Find a way to make it like find a way so that she can work from home. Find a way so that she, you know, like whatever those particular goals are, figure out how to make that happen. And that person will work so hard for your business. That's a great tip. That's a really, really great tip. So for the listeners, Jason and I discussed before the podcast that he would like to share some of the not so great times that he had in his business because a lot of times um, entrepreneurs keep that inside and one thing that's we've learned over the years, I think both Jason and I, that it's the more transparent and open you become with your business, the more it really helps not only yourself, but it helps the people that are listening and learning from those mistakes. And mistakes aren't really mistakes. They're just things we need to get through in order to reach the level of success that we want. And so Jason's business, and I'll let you share, you're currently around 90000 a month with all your businesses, correct, Jason? Yeah, it, it goes up and down. Um, we're at 90 now. Actually, so this month, that last email I sent you when you asked, where we talked about that, we were at 90. This month, we're going to be at 130, I think. Okay. So it goes up and down. So Jason's hit that, definitely hit that million dollar revenue in a year mark, but has fluctuated over some time. So I would like to know some of the, I guess, some of the biggest challenges that you've had, how you turn those into lessons that other people can learn from. Being in business for me has been a bumpy ride. It, it has not been, is not been all good. It's definitely not been all bad. Um, I, I, I have a buddy of mine who actually runs a circus, like literally owns a circus. <laughs> really? Yeah. In, in, in Atlanta, he runs, um, the Imperial Opa circus. We should get him uh, on the podcast. That'd be a great show. <laughs> he is a really, really interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, but he once told me that running a business is like riding a lion. You walk into a room on top of this lion and everybody looks at you and they go, 
holy crap, look at that guy in the lion. And all you can do is think to yourself, this lion is going to eat me at any second. <laughs> and, and I have definitely gotten eaten by the lion a few times. Uh, many times, actually. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so it's been a really bumpy ride. I, I made a lot of mistakes. I, um, I tell people now that I don't know if I can tell you how to succeed, but I can definitely tell you how not to fail. I, I feel like sometimes like I've been failing forward for 20 years now. Mm. I, I've, been, I've been running one business or another since I was 15 or 16 years old. I'm, I'm 38. And if there is, uh, so most of this time I've run a digital agency. If there is a way to destroy a digital agency, I've probably tried it. <laughs> Just short of like set, literally setting it on fire and burning the house down, I've probably done, I've probably done it. So I have, I have definitely learned my mistakes. Um, so gosh, where, where to begin on those mistakes? Um, I've hired the wrong people. I've kept them for too long. I've paid people too much. I've, I've let people uh, screw me over on situations where I should have been way more protected. Um, I didn't have proper contracts in place when I first got started. Um, one of my, my biggest problems uh, I've had over the years, I would say, is that I haven't been super money focused. I, I, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they look at the money every single day. And I feel like I, one of the biggest mistakes I made um, is being in the business, not on the business. Uh, I'm sure you've, you've probably mm -hmm. heard of reference the, the E-Myth book. Uh, and I read that book years ago. And I still make that mistake. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still in the business. Um, you know, I'm still dealing. I still have that problem where, where regularly I, I'm dealing with with internal issues where I should just be like, I should have just delegated that problem out to somebody, and instead I, I'm in there taking care of it. And because of that, I, I haven't worked so hard on looking at the money side of things, and sometimes that's gotten me into trouble on things. Um, and it's also, it's gotten me into trouble because I've negotiated deals where I had margins that were too slim. Um, and doing the kind of work we do in the digital space, sometimes that can really mess you up because you can make a few mistakes on a project, uh, or your developers can make mistakes on a project and all of a sudden you don't have any margin left. And, um, and that can be a big, a big problem. Uh, and these days we, uh, we've taken care of that pretty well. But it's still, every now and then, it's still a problem. Right. Uh, let's see, other other mistakes I've made, but other big failures. So I, I think um, the story I really like to tell the most about failure and getting past failure, in 2007, the economy in the U.S. just tanked. I was, I was running JH Media Group and... Map Dynamics. We really kind of just gotten started with Map Dynamics, and the economy tanked. We had almost thirty full-time people at the time. We were doing doing pretty well, um, and we went from thirty full-time people down to eight full-time people. We had to close our main office. We actually had to leave in the middle of the night. It was one of those like we didn't have any money. Our like all of our retainer clients canceled their their contracts. Uh, within about a two-month period, we had zero new business for two months, 
I should have taken I should have, I should have done things really like looking back it's kind of hard to say I should have but, uh, but I wish I had done things differently uh, and let people go much faster but instead I tried to weather the storm and I ate through all of my padding mm. and I went into debt and um, and then I still had to fire everybody I still there was no business I, I ended up going into debt um, closing my office um, this was before I realized that we could work remotely and I was as effective that wasn't as effective then as at that as I am now um, the company wasn't nearly as well managed then as it is now um, I ended up moving the whole company into one of the houses that I owned that wasn't rented out at the time um, so I had eight people working semi illegally out of this house <laughs> Um, it was terrible. It was so terrible. There were, there were so many things that went wrong during that time. It was extremely stressful. And, and then also at the time, I wasn't operating as, as the CEO. I was actually operating as a creative director. Um, and my business partner, Jeremy, who's, by the way, he and I still run Map Dynamics together, or own Map Dynamics together. He, he runs it for the most part. Um, he and I were, he was uh, totally stressed out with everything that was happening and being the CEO of that business and had a hard time letting go of really good people that had done a really good job. And so I, I took over control of the business from him and was able, was, had to make some of those really hard decisions. And, um, and so he and I did that together and so we still maintained great relationships. Anyway, so finally, around 2009, we were, we were finally starting to, to get things back together. We, we eventually took the business down to like four people. Um, it was, oh, it was so terrible. It was so, <laughs> it was the worst, man. It was horrible. From 30 people down to four people in like a year. Yeah. Oh, God, it was overwhelmingly bad. It was a huge blow to our egos, or to my ego. I don't know about Jeremy's. But for me, like, I was, it was rough. Uh, I, learned, I learned a lot of humility during that time. Um, and then around 2000, uh, middle of 2009, things were coming back. They were doing better and better. Uh, in fact, at, around August 2009, I really was feeling on top of the world. I, the business was growing. I had fixed a lot of the problems we had before. Um, I had been seeing this girl for like six years at that time. We were talking about getting married. Um, I had uh, I moved out to the farm. We were, we were starting Blueberry Farm. Like I said business was good. Map Dynamics was starting to take off. Everything was looking so good. <laughs> you can tell I'm building up something here. Uh huh. Um, and then and that and and then one day I went to work. Um, I had to go to a business meeting that was about 50 miles away. I was in the back seat of the car. I had my creative director, uh, project manager, and I were in the car, and uh, and we got to a terrible accident, and to a really terrible accident. And I was in a coma for the next um, two or three weeks. Wow! I actually don't remember anything from that time. I had um, pretty serious brain damage. I broke broke my back in nine places. Broke my pelvis in half. Wow! Um, Two collapsed lungs, heart damage, kidney damage, Whoa. massive internal bleeding. I was extremely, extremely fortunate to survive. Right. I, I was the, the one in a million survivor from that kind of accident that was able to, to get up and live a normal life afterwards. 
but wow. it wasn't a normal life for a long time. Um, that brain, brain damage is hard. It doesn't, you don't just get past that. Yeah. Um, so I went from feeling like really on top of the world about everything to not being able to run my business, to losing that relationship, to, um, uh, well, for the time after the accident, I had to move in, move back in with my parents. My girlfriend and I both moved in with my parents because my dad's a doctor. By, by the way, he was um, instrumental in my survival. Right? He, they took heroic measures because he was there. If, yeah. if he hadn't been there, I would be dead, guaranteed, 100%, no question. Wow. So, so many things had to come together just to help me survive. Um, but then that started a a kind of a downward spiral in my life. So that took me down to, um, like I said, losing so many things that were really important to me uh, and really not being able to manage the business at all. Uh, I was in charge of this business and, and these people and things, you know, all of this. But it took me like, I think, four or five months to get back to the office, uh, six months to kind of get back in control. But I didn't realize how badly damaged my brain really was you can't tell when you're you're in the bubble what's what's really going on yeah uh and that kind of just that that really started the the that's that downward descent um and it took me years to get past that so the business um it didn't fail but it only didn't fail because uh, because my parents were kind enough to put some money into the business um I pretty much had to to take it down to just two people. Um, after a few years, things just got worse and worse because I couldn't manage things. Like I said, that relationship, um, losing that relationship was really, really devastating to me. Uh, and I eventually just left the city I was in, came to Atlanta, started over, started a new team, got a new office, and grew it all back up from there. Wow. Uh, and that's also what spawned some of these other these other things. Uh, so yeah, so so dealing with that was really really hard. Dealing with with a lot of the failures in the business that stemmed from that was really really difficult, and it, it helped me grow as a person tremendously. I can it was imagine, something yeah. that I would never recommend to anybody, but it was it was very good for me as a just as a human. Uh, but man, I'll tell you what, it was hard to deal with. Jason, I have to ask you, like, what are some ways, you know, you've experienced some pretty hard times as an entrepreneur, but then also hard times with your life being on the line. So what are some ways that you recommend to others dealing with those hard times? Because even me, myself, like sometimes I get entrepreneur block and I just think, you know, my business is going to come to an end because I don't know what to do. I don't know the next step, you know, and I have to take a few days off just to kind of clear that mental thought process before I get back on track. And I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that, that go through this. What would you recommend doing to kind of overcome that or to pass through that phase in order to get back on target with their businesses? Oh gosh, it's a good question. I feel like I made a lot of mistakes around that, so it's kind of, I don't know if my advice is going to be the best. Um, I know that every time I've gone through really hard times like that, what I wish I had done 
was just put things on hold for a little bit, get my backpack and go travel. Because when I get away and I have time to think, that's when I can get things back together. Because then I, I can I can escape from the daily grind. I can I can um, I can think about things. I feel like when I'm working every day all the time, I'm thinking about what's right in front of me. I'm not thinking about the big picture. And I'm good at thinking about the the big picture. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, but not when you're being surrounded by all the minutia all the time. So something that's helped me tremendously is just. Get my backpack out. I love backpacking, by the way. Just get a, a ticket to somewhere other than here. My backpack, no plans. Pick a hostel, pick a Airbnb, whatever. Go and do something different. Go for a week, go for a month, go for six months, whatever you got to do to clear your mind and get back on track and, and put together a good plan for yourself. And what I found for me is that I'll go thinking I'm going to be gone for – four or five weeks, and after two weeks of being gone, all of a sudden it just kind of comes together for me. That's one thing. The other is sometimes you just have to work through it. Sometimes you just have to, you know, like daily, I, I would when I was feeling super stressed out, I would, um, I would go to yoga a lot, I would meditate a lot, I would work on making sure that I was working out every day, that I was eating properly, I would just take good care of myself. Um, that that goes a really, really long way, especially for me. I, I, I think working out is actually something that helps me tremendously in my, in my business business life. Um, but yeah, that, that's probably how I would do it. And I would like to say, sometimes you just have to push through. Sometimes you just have to nose the grindstone and go. And it just is what it is. Yeah. And that, that's actually what separates, I think, a lot of entrepreneurs from everybody else out there. Because those are the people that are willing to just sit down and say, look, we just got to make it happen. And and a lot of people will just give up. A lot of people will say, well, I'll just go get a job. Well, I'll, I'll do whatever else to not have to deal with this. And that's the difference. Right. Looking back, Jason, I'm sure there was some things that you would do differently, but I'm curious to your path in the future, you know, you're 30, almost 38. What are you going to do differently to maybe avoid the challenges that you've had in the past? <laughs> well, I, I want to say focus. I want to say um cutting down on being so so stretched so thin. That's actually one of the things that I, I, I said I struggle with, but at the same time, I, I have worked on a lot. Um, so there's that. And I feel like the growth as an entrepreneur is something that that happens slowly, that, that you, you learn these little lessons as you go forward. And... Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of little things that are that are really important. You know, as far as like learning how to manage people, learning that you know you have to to do what's right for the business. You you can't fall in love with your businesses. You have to do you have to go where the money is. Uh, you can be passionate about about things, but you have to do what's right for the business. Um, oh man, like there's so many things I can say about growing as an entrepreneur, but for me it was a slow process. 
Um, I, I think the main thing is just focusing more, uh, just um, doing a better and better job of uh, putting the right people in the right places to manage things where they don't need any oversight, where they just do it by themselves. Um, I do feel like, by the way, I've been very successful at that with, with Map Dynamics. I, I actually don't even talk to those guys about the business anymore. They pretty well just take care of it. Um, I get a call maybe once a month when things are looking good or, or looking bad, but it almost always looks good. Uh, and then with my other business as well, just being better and better at delegating and being better better and better at hiring the right people. That's that's what's been that's what what has made the difference. And I feel like I, I have gotten there slowly over time. Is there anything else that you would want to share about your businesses with the listeners? Yeah. So I, I think that it's been said um, about business a lot of times, you know, find something, if you want to start a business, find something people are having a hard time with, find, some, find a problem and fix it. And uh, one other thing I would say about that, so whenever I start a new business now, I always say, we do this thing for this group of people. Uh, something that new entrepreneurs struggle with all the time mm-hmm. is focus. And I don't mean like focusing just on their business, but focusing on a particular target market, focusing on a particular problem. And so, you know, if you're going to if you're going to do something new, answer that question every time. We do this thing for this group. Jason, if the listeners want to reach out to you and learn more about what you have going on, where's the best place they can do that? Um uh, <laughs> any one of number number of websites, <laughs> uh, but probably the best place is at tangentsolutions.net. That's my umbrella company, and there are links to all of my companies from there. Uh, however, for right now, we're pushing Brainleaf. That's what we're about to launch upcoming, uh, and that's just brainleaf.com. And we want to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show and sharing all of your journey and your stories with us to help other entrepreneurs grow. Thank you so much, my friend, for opening up, and we really appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Thank you. Appreciate it. And listeners, we're going to sign off there. Thank you guys for tuning in once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day-to-day you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for the attendees, and you'll get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, and co-working spaces. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, don't hesitate to contact us, theentrepreneurhouse.com. We will respond as soon as we can. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.